Welcome to the Draft Doctors Fantasy Footy Podcast with your hosts, John Crockett, Steve Fizz, and the Statesman. G'day everybody and welcome to the Draft Doctors. I'm your host, John Crockett. Stevie Fizz is taking well-earned break. He's done some miles the last fortnight, travelling back and forth from Portland down to the Mornington Peninsula, A, for the live draft and also for the home league draft, which we had over the weekend, and it was a great success. Uh, but it is just the dynamic duo of myself and the great man, the Statesman, as Cam is still working through the issues of the floods up in there in Brisbane. Cam, we hope you're doing all right, and hopefully hopefully, see you soon. But welcome to you, Sato. G'day, Jono. It's about time this show got a bit of class about it, and no doubt that's happening with the A-team. Apparently that's the arse team, once we uh, inform Steve-O of that. Um, but uh, tell us, mate, your, your home league run, what was the best thing you pulled out and what was the worst decision you made? Uh, Zach Butters, round four, I think Ooh. was my best pick. This is Supercoach. We have a Supercoach home league um, for the listeners there. Worst pick, uh, I did go Lipinski probably a little bit too early. He's my M5. Yeah, and, and now injured. Uh, and now injured, but... yeah. I did follow up with Warple, JPK, Amon, and Seedsman. So I've got Ooh. some cover. I've got some cover. Seedsman. You know look, he's currently out. Got the concussion, but look, if he comes back for a 90 as an M7, you're not complaining, are you? No, that is very true. And uh, we've all heard the story. Uh, Steve made the selection of Hunter Clark in his defence. About three minutes afterwards, uh, he went down with a collarbone injury. Yes, but also one of one of our um, league mates, uh, a move that I've never seen before. His first six picks, all midfielders. Oh. So he had Tom Mitchell, Rory Laird, Cam Guthrie, Jared Lyons, Dane Zorko, and Nat Fife in Supercoach. And he's M7's Joel Selwood. Like, oh, wow. There's a lot of risky picks in there, though. A lot of risky picks, but his balance is hanging out not too bad as well. He's got Tom Hickey, his, his Ruck. Uh, Jacob Wiedering, which is D1, not too bad for Supercoach, averaged 94 last year. Zach Bailey. Mid, how many How many teams in the competition? Ten teams, five, seven, one, five, four on the bench. Uh, the 71st mid, so when you're looking for your first bench mid, is starting to look pretty thin. Yes, yes. It, that's why I was, I was happy to get an aim on and a season, both averaged mid-90s last year as... Two of my bench mids. The strategy that served me so well during the drafts this season is going strong midfields and forwards. Yeah, it was funny because we've done a few mock drafts over the previous weeks and whatnot, and it seemed to be fade defenders. And our home league is massively mid. Grab all the mids that you can. But again, uh, we saw them grab the heavy mids, but also the forwards just, I think, round three on was just... It was a run. Just, they all went. So, you know, the typical guys like Gorn Grundy were there. Um, but, yeah, it was the forward runs. Wow. There you go. It went. But we are talking all things uh, Amy Community Series. There's been the eight games played so far at the time of this recording. Uh, we're just going to go through them, what caught our eye, some of the injury news, maybe some role changes that we've um, come across, and also we'll get through to the listener questions uh, Stato, why don't you kick us off with the first game of Carlton and Melbourne? 
God, it seems a long time ago now, but uh, yeah, the stocks are rising on Patrick Cripps. The man looks back to full flight. Um, there's no doubts about it. He's had a couple of shocking years. And if you remember in this pod, I've been talking about in the year with the shortened quarters, um, they seem to uh, to concentrate and make him a big runner. So they really thinned him out, uh, made him become a really good runner, but it was a contested year. So the, the Lockie Neal was your Brownlow medalist for that season. Then last year when we went extended, they went size. So get him nice and strong, have him strong in the midfield again. Unfortunately, had some back issues as well, but the reality was the game was moving to that running. They seem to get the perfect mix now. He looks fit as a fiddle as long as he doesn't get injured because we know his style is bash and crash. Uh, he is probably putting himself in a top six super coacher and a top 10 AFL fantasy midfielder. Uh, second one, and my boy is coming out here. God, I sound like Dossie whenever I say my boy. <laughs> but the late... a fantasy term now, I think. Yeah, it is. A bit like Wheelbag. Wheelbag yeah, has been... Wheelbag. Yeah, this one's definitely on my wheelbag. Uh, that's the late draft gun, Matt Kennedy himself. Uh, he was just superb. He's even taken it to another level. One thing I talk about him, he's such a great mark for his size. Now, to be fair, we've got to accept that Walsh is not in the team at the moment, so that pushes one more into the mid. That means one needs to come out. But I think what will happen there is he will play the um, half-forward role mixing in the midfield, so play that high half-forward. So, yes, probably 135 scores like he got on the weekend against Melbourne, which is a pretty good midfield. Uh, won't be there each and every week. But I reckon uh, he's a good 85 to 95 averaging midfielder who may get forward status along the way. Next off, we know everyone's been writing him off, but Max Gorn is not on the slide. His role is absolutely fantastic. And when he's actually not in the ruck, he seems to be finding himself a kick behind the play, and that's perfect for those intercept marks. So Max is not on the slide. Keep him up on the draft board. If you've already drafted you got Max a little bit later because of the Jackson theory, then you've done pretty well. Next is a little bit sadder. Jack Martin. I know Steve and I have been hoping <laughs> and praying for almost half a decade, but he's unlikely to be what we wanted him to be. So he's a fade, he's a drop down. In a dynasty league, I actually um, I actually traded him in at the end of last season because his value was so low, expecting the lift, but it doesn't look like it's going to be there. Uh, he pumped out a magnificent 45 for us over the, the weekend. Um, he may get a little bit better, but I don't think he's going to be the 80-plus forward we are hoping for. And last but not least, forget the tum. Fisher will go back forward, um, uh, that sort of deep forward role when Walsh gets back with Matt Kennedy taking that high half forward role. So don't think uh, a nice little 100 next to his name. That's not uh, Zach Fisher's real life. Uh, he'll go back a little bit deep forward once they're midfielders at full strength. 
Yeah, we've seen that with Zach Fisher over the preseason. Gets that little hype, people overdraft him, and just burns you. Um, when Sam Walsh does come back, who do you think gets that little bit of regression? Now, I've always thought it to be Chera because I think he can. He's a multifaceted role. Like we've seen him play halfback at Fremantle and, and play on a wing and whatnot. So I think he can. Who might get pushed out of that midfield? Just a, not a lot, but ever so slightly. What do you reckon? Uh, very minimal impact for Chera. The one that will impact the most will be Matt Kennedy. But as I say, he'll just move to what Zach Fisher was doing, which is that high half forward role. He'll still take some CBAs, but just not as many. Yeah, he's just, just that feeling. And yeah, I love Paddy Cribbs. Like, he looks absolutely cherry right now. And I think they've got like a Hewitt uh, in that midfield who's a bit bash and crash as well. It takes a bit of pressure off him as well. And, yep. and Gorn, you said he goes back, but he also goes forward as well. So yep. guess those contested mark kicks goals, brilliant. Uh, the game I checked out next was the Bulldogs and Brisbane Lions, and we have talked up Kitty Coleman pretty much his whole <sighs> preseason. Oh. Now, Cam was talking him up the most, and I wasn't sure on the role, but I was watching him very closely on Friday night, and I was chips in, just all chips in. He had the role. He looked good uh, coming off the halfback, had the role, and then bang, off went the hammy. Uh, we haven't had the scan, so we don't know... Luckily, when they strapped it up, it was lower down the leg, not too high. So we're probably thinking standard, what, three to four week um, injury there. But still, in our home league, he Steve drafted him late. Like, um, it's not going to hurt you too much. He's missing a few weeks. When he comes back, uh, he, he'll, he'll, he'll go back to that role. Not a problem. Uh, Hugh McCluggage played a lot of wing outside role in the last few years. But he seemed to get a lot of inside mid-time. On Friday night, Lions was missing a lot of that inside mid-time. So whether they've, they have done that before, where Lions just sort of parked forward, played a role, uh, waiting for the real stuff to start. But McCluggage, as the inside mid, looks the real deal. So he can go much bigger than he did last year. Uh, Zach Bailey got a little bit of bump in the midfield time. No Cam Rayner. He was out for uh, family reasons. So... Are we sure the Cam Rainer role is real? Uh, is the Zach Bailey midfield role real? We're not too sure. It's still a lot of question marks uh, right there, but um, Zach Bailey still did look good when he was parked in the forward line, just getting the ball, playing his pressure, um, got the outside ball. So I think Bailey will be fine. Rainer is the bigger question mark uh, going forward there. Uh, Jared Berry, we know he's coming back from that injury from last year, but he looked he looked solid. Correct. Uh, got a little bit of inside time, but predominantly playing more outside. But we know with Jared Berry, he loves a tackle. So he doesn't need the high possession game uh, to, to build his fantasy score. I think he had 20 odd possessions and like six, seven tackles. Perfect. Um, and yeah, so wing, inside, a little bit in defense as well. So I'm very happy with Jared Berry. And he's going late in drafts. Um, he's at M6, M7 flyer. And it's going to pay off, I think, this year. Mm. And the last one was Charlie Cameron. Now, we know he's that little small forward uh, goal sneak, but he was playing higher up the ground, uh, getting a lot more balls, still kicked a couple of goals, but playing a lot more higher up the ground. Whether it was just because there was personnel out, I'm not too sure, but um, certainly one to watch in the early rounds of the season that you might be able to pick up, up off your waiver wires. 
Yeah, absolutely. That high half forward role is very, very attractive for scoring. There's no doubts about that. So we need to keep watching. What was your thoughts on Lockie Neal? Ah, he's fine. He yep. is absolutely fine. Good. Uh, with the Bulldog side, Lockie Hunter, he's dead. Do not draft this bloke. His role oh, is... shut up. No, seriously. His role no, is... No, I, I picked him up first pick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. uh, he, I he thought, seems... what a bargain. He seems to be playing forward pocket, small forward crummer. It's just, oh, as we know, not a fantasy role, just completely dead. Um, mm. I'm not a fan of it. I have had him in a couple of drafts, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm looking to get rid of him. I'll throw him it, to the pool. I don't care. It was that drinking session, wasn't it? So he was just full on. He was one of the best fantasy players ever. He went out and a few drinks and... Crashed the car and during yeah. COVID, in lockdown, yeah. Was the vice captain at the time, so yeah, just... It's gone downhill. Bevo's burnt him. Tim English. Oof. Um, I remember putting out a tweet halfway through last year saying, enjoy the forward status of Tim English in 2022. And he's got the role. He was taking centre bounces. He's taken in defence. He's in the forward line. He's everywhere. Steph Martin will take probably the bulk of the main CBAs when they're up against a gorilla like you're gone or Grundy, but Tim English is really developed and sort of playing that Grundy knick-knack role, just running all around the ground. Doing you know, the only was. problem with this is his first matchup is Max Gorn. Yeah. That's where Steph Martin... I, I, he'll still score well, but Steph Martin... That's why they, the Bulldogs got Steph Martin, was to take on the, the Grundys, the Gorns, those dominant Ruckman while English was still developing. So this could be the year. We see English step up, but I still think they're going to protect him, maybe for another 12 months. Yep. Uh, I don't know if the listeners have heard it, but and I didn't pick this up myself, but Adam Trelaw has gone for scans on his shoulder. Oh, after, no. Yeah. I, I, hey, hey, it's Lockie Hunter season. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know whose season it is, but I, I'll just watch Has he really? And, yeah, I was watching the, I think it was the Swans and North game. And at the halftime break, they said, yeah, Adam Trelaw's going up for scans on his shoulder. Oh, which, wow. very concerning. Um, I have no information on that, so watch the press over the um, coming coming days during the week there. And um, Ed Richards, never really spoken about on this pod, but seems to have a nice little cushy role now that Eastern Woods retired. Got his 20 disposals, had a couple mm. of marks and tackles, and scored nicely. Um, what do you call nicely? What do I call nicely? I would call Ed Richards. He had a 72. 15 disposals. That's nicely. That's nicely. Uh, six yeah. marks and a tackle. That's, That's not nice. great, but it's nicely. It's nicely. So a bit of bench cover with during COVID. We don't know, but yeah. Um, one to watch. One to watch. That may be, may be something. Hmm. Fair uh, enough. Moving on to the next game was the Hawks and Richmond. And I don't know if Sam Sam Mitchell's playing funny buggers or whatever, but we saw no Tom Mitchell, no Jager O'Meara. So Jager O'Meara um, has got some groin issues. O'Meara or Mitchell? I believe it was Mitchell. No, it was O'Meara, which is interesting because after I heard that, then I heard people talking about um, um, Mitchell and groin, which is quite interesting. And I think there was... 
even a quote from a journalist said Mitchell and Groin. So mm. um, it, it's interesting. Now, whether whether the other was hamstring soreness, so maybe Jager had hamstring soreness and Mitchell Groin, but that that's that's a worry straight away, isn't it? Oh, absolutely big time. So their frontline midfielder was uh, first game with Josh Ward, who killed it, by the way. Like he yeah. looks. He looks fantastic. Um, him and Warple, they were the main two. I think it's going to be Warple, Titch, and Amira going forward. Ward will be in there um, as well. In the in the game against Collingwood, it was more Amira outside with, excuse me, uh, Ward, Titch, and uh, Warple there in the midfield. So if you got any of those three, I'd be pretty happy with that. Uh, Liam Shields, someone who I've been very cold on this year um, had an injury and yeah. I believe the Connor Nash um, theory is alive because he's the one who got that time because mm. Shields went off early. So Connor Nash, mid forward, could be sitting on a wave away or he could be very late drafted. Um, yeah, look to grab Connor Nash as a bit of a flyer there. As I said, Ward, well, he was amazing. If you're starting up a keeper league, he'd be certainly in the top 10 picks you'd imagine. Dan Rioli real, uh, role is real. Uh, he was playing off the halfback, looked fantastic. Uh, get him as a late flyer, as a defender forward, he's fantastic. Liam Baker, there was a bit of questions about him, if he could maintain what he did last year, but it looks like he's playing Kane Lambert's role from previous, pre- yeah. previous years, just floating around everywhere, will kick a couple of snags, we know Liam Baker is a tackling machine, so um, if you can get him at D five, he's someone who could pop as a D two, even D D one. Like he was. Oh wow! Yeah, you reckon that this is this big? I think so. Like wow. he is that good. Like I'll, I'm a big fan of Liam Baker. I've missed him in every single draft because he's going earlier than than I wanted. Him. But yeah, that's a, that's the way the cookie crumbles. It is. Um, also, just for the Keeper League players, um, Gibkiss, yeah. he looks like a player. Um, he does. So if you've got him for Keeper Leagues, maybe not this year for redrafts, but maybe in the next two or three years, just watch how he develops. He's certainly one who's going to be a, a really good fantasy scorer, in my opinion. And the Hawks will be putrid, so grab the defenders. <laughs> <laughs> get the defenders. Sicily was good. Scrimshaw was good. Um just get him because there's going to be a lot of rebounding to be done for Hawthorne. Yeah. Uh, what, have, what did you see from the uh, Crows and Port Adelaide? Yeah, the sad news is that uh, Rory Laird uh, actually got injured. So it looks like uh, a wrist or a hand break, which unfortunately um, with the sport we play, uh, you need to have a working hand, Jono, unfortunately. And um, I've just heard some information, four to six weeks on Rory Laird. Well, we, um, well, that creates opportunities. So this should be an increased role for, for Schoenberg uh, or for Keys. Now, this is another point here, is Rory Sloan was madhouse in the guts and gave us an 88 score. Now, all the talk during the preseason was he was going to be pushing to the half forward role. But it mm. actually was Ben Keys that was playing half forward. So we're talking 
someone that averaged around 110 mark last season, Ben Keys, um, getting pushed deep forward. So that was a bit of a concern. But here for four to six weeks, all of a sudden, I think he might get his roll back. I hadn't heard any interruption of pre-season, so I don't think it was the case where he was just trying to get a bit of run on the legs. Um, Rochelle, Rochelle, um, <laughs> very feelable in season one. So look, a, a great F5, to be quite honest. And I rate him extremely high in a keeper. So you're talking, hasn't played a game of AFL footy yet, but he looks decent for that half, high half forward role, which we just talked about with a few other players in saying of how uh, scorable that role is. Uh, and in the preseason games, he's given us uh, a mid-70 score and a 90 on the weekend against Port Adelaide, kicking three goals in both games. He's classy. He runs well, creates space, puts pressure on, tackles on. He just builds his score, and he is classy. So Rochelle Char- Rochelle, 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 <laughs> can't even say it, is the hit of uh, the week. Um, next up, uh, Butters. Uh, this is a real breakout contender here. So we've seen 120 and then 107 is his two scores for the preseason, which has been a mix of being uh, with the CBAs, which we know he can uh, score extremely quickly when he's getting that, uh, as well as spending a bit of time on the wing and a bit of time forward. So this is perfect type of role for him because he is a seagull type. He does create space. So when he's on those outside roles or the forward role, he can actually get you some plus sixes as well but he certainly does some grunt work inside and they need that little bit of mix because they're a bit same-same. The other one that was impressive for them was Rosie might be Mm. um, also on the rise, scoring 106 this week, just playing forward. But guess what type of role he was playing? High half forward. God bless it. Lovely, lovely role. So uh, Connor, Rosé and Butters, they might be lighting the fuse this year, so they should go up on your draft boards. Um, and the next point, or should I say the last one, is we have a new Collingwood in town. In fact, we have two. One of them is called West Coast. The other one is called the Adelaide Football Club because <laughs> defenders are feasting on these guys. Um, so against the Crows, we had... Bonner with 105, uh, Darcy Byrne-Jones with 100. Uh, we had Burton with 96. We had Houston with 90. And we had uh, Lockie Jones with 86, all in defence, would you believe, rotating through. Uh, quite remarkable that these guys uh, could all score so well. But there you go. It's a new Collingwood. Mark 1 is Adelaide. Yeah, I don't mind it. The Rosie one, yeah, I still worry about it. If he's playing just predominantly forward and then up against good opposition, then obviously you can't expect those scores. But I think the Butters, the Butters role is definitely real. Definitely real for me. Yep. And that's why I grabbed him. I'm very happy with that. Did Sam Bell Pepper play that game? 
Because I have a little bit of interest. No, in he was injured. Ah, oh, okay. He got injured in the first practice game. Oh, okay, because I know I had a f- suspicion that he would take over Robbie Gray's midfield minutes. Now, I know Robbie Gray got injured, and I, we saw that in the first practice match, so I didn't actually see this game as we are drafting, but that was my theory, that he'd take the Robbie Gray minutes and get a, a bit of a bump, maybe an 80, 85 average uh, going into this year. be handy F4, F5. Beautiful. I think I've got the next one as well, which is Essendon and St Kilda. Um, so uh, first thing is Hunter Clark uh, injury. Uh, he was playing in the midfield as an insider. Um, and, of course, we already know Zach Jones uh, has taken some leave. Um, so there's certainly um, some space in that midfield mix. Um, so it provides an opportunity. So... I'm probably looking, it'll affect two players the most. The first one will be Seb Ross, um, who's been getting a bit of CB, CBA action during the preseason. So I think he'll just step that up. Uh, and of course, Ryan Burns, who's just sort of on that fringe to be best 22. I think he will actually take out one of those outside roles, um, that Seb sort of, uh, follows through into. So it'll be good for both those players. Um, a longer-term watch, so uh, probably keep a bit more dynasty, is have a look at Nick Martin. So he's one to look out for in the future. Uh, so he's one of the um, supplementary list players. Essendon took two, so they took Wanganeen and they took Nick Martin. Um, well, he got a run in the second half, and he had 48 minutes of playing time and gave us a score of 57. Just a busy little character on the half-forward line um, really racks it up. So that's that's great scoring points per minute. So uh, watch out for that uh, if and when he gets the opportunity to play. Uh, next up is Josh Battle is very much value late in drafts. So he's got the forward status, but he's playing a key defensive role He's intercepting really, really well and taking the majority of the kickouts. So uh, just this week, uh, scored a 78. And this is someone that you can take at pick 250-odd. So mm. Josh Battle, great value. Um, Rowan Marshall, um, the pride himself, uh, this man's a gun. Um, but he's mainly a gun when he doesn't have rider. So it's one of those ones that I think you just keep an eye on the news. But if this is what our season's going to be like and Hayes is his supporter, which is chopping him out to give him a break rather than sharing the the ruck roll 50-50 or 70-30, as Ryder can do because he's such a good tap ruckman, then Marshall is going to go massive this year. Uh, and last but not least, uh, McGrath will be a top value defender with with the drafts happening this week. Um, we're talking he is currently a midfield status with not a sexy average beside his name, but I can guarantee you he's going to play that defensive role. He's going to get that defender status if you're in a league that has the positional changes. So he may be already having his ADP dropping, but don't hesitate if you're struggling for a defender. 
pick McGrath in your midfield and it will strengthen up your defence later on. Yeah, that's right. Like McGrath, the, the, the most vanillaist of picks going M6, M7, bench cover, get that role change, beautiful. Imagine if you get him and Teppel. You've probably got 290 averaging defenders right there. Yeah. Unreal. Uh, the game I checked out next was the Giants and Collingwood. And thank Christ Steve is not on this pod because Proust season uh. has arrived. But there is, is this but, real? There is a but, Stato. He has been reported for a sling tackle on Grundy. So Is it definitely reported? Yeah, definitely reported. Wow. So I don't know what sling tackles are about six weeks these days. Who knows? Uh, no. I, well, I, I think at the end of the day, Grundy played out the rest of the game. So yeah. it's if, if there's any penalty, it'll be on the lighter side. But I, I know they're coming down hard because of the potential consequences of it. That's right. But still, he, he, he looked very good. Like, think old school Shane Mumford. Just, he's got the size, the build, throwing his weight around, trying to hurt the Mitch Duncan types. Um, but my main concern with this going forward is they also played Matt Flynn. Now, last year we saw Mumford would have two weeks, Flynn would have two weeks. Mm-hmm. And they kept chopping, changing, chopping, changing. There was no continuity. That is my thoughts for this year. We know Bruce is a bit of a glass cannon. You know, the change of wind and he'll break down, whatever. <laughs> uh, but so please, you reckon they're going to play two quite regularly? I think they. it's either it's going to be like the FIFO worker, two on, two off sort of thing, or <laughs> just a, or it's just both playing at the same time. Like, that I, is, I think that makes sense because Bruce does create a good target up forward. And, and even if it's not... Um, taking a lot of possessions himself, it can mean crash the packs, bring it to ground level for uh, Bobby um, Hill the and three, all those sorts. The three hundred eighty-two thousand midfielders they've got to crumb. That's right. So it's what I've seen. Um, it's certainly look. Bruce probably won't get drafted. Edward Flynn, but um, good back. You think Bruce will? You think Bruce will now? You think so? You think Proust He turned up, didn't he? 102 Supercoach 85 AFL Fantasy. So that's really from 14 possessions and about 20-odd hitouts. So he's done all right. He's and I think right. and, and kicked a goal. So pretty happy with that. Uh, again, one to watch. Callum Ward, uh, the man with the best hair in AFL football, had a bit of a role change, was playing off the halfback, just doing what Callum Ward did. Uh... Hard to gauge on how he's going to score going forward because it was playing Collingwood. And, hey, we know how defenders against Collingwood go. So he turned up. Kelly turned up. The GWS boys, they just did whatever the hell they wanted. Whitfield, Canelio, Kelly, Taranto, they all they were all fantastic. Hopper, Tom Green looked fantastic, especially with Callum Ward going down back. It looks like Tom Green's going to get all that midfield time. Scored all right. Um... Was this a reflection on how good they are or how much Collingwood are struggling at the moment? I don't think Collingwood are struggling. I, th- I think Collingwood are finding their way right. because the, the, I don't think they have their mixture right, put it that way. I think they've got the talent, but they don't know what their best setup is just yet with Collingwood. Is, because- there, is, there, any, um, is there any players 
that you didn't draft in your home league that you're bitter about missing out? Because if you want to get them out of the competition, you just have to send a little letter to Dossie for him to write a song about him. Oh, well, he's already done a song and it's already hurt me. <laughs> so for the listeners who don't know, that's um, Dossie does a video every year and every time he does a video, he, very seems, good. he seems to kill set just, player. And this yeah. year was Paddy Lipinski. <laughs> I, had, I was high on and... Um, he was looking okay the first quarter. He was looking okay. Had the five disposals, a couple of tackles. Not too bad, just building into it. Uh, about 30 seconds ago, rolled the ankle. Didn't see him for the rest of the game. Yeah. We still don't, we still don't know how well he's doing. Well done. Uh, Dossie, uh, destroying careers with a tune. But having said that, we know Pendles was playing the half-back role and it actually yeah. pushed him back into the midfield. and. Tunned up uh, in Supercoach and I think a 90 or so in AFL Fantasy. So keep an eye on Pendles going forward. Lipinski still waiting to find out what's happened there. Um, still side bottom. A lot of people have been like, oh, he'd be a top 10 forward, top 10 forward. I don't know if he's going to be best 22 going forward. His role what? was terrible. What about Dugowie? I'm getting to Dugowie. Just... Let me get there. But, yeah, side bottom was horrible. Dugowie was the same. Just pinch hitting in the midfield, um, playing as one out in the forward line. Like, Dugowie, one out in the forward line. It's, uh, like I said, I don't know what's happening at Collingwood. I think they're still trying to find their best makeup. It will sort itself out, but have trust in in Dugowie, I think, more than side bottom. Uh, Braden Maynard reported for a loose arm. Be interesting to see what happens with that one. Probably a week. And someone that goes right under the radar is um, John Noble. He is an ex- outstanding kick. He plays in defence like Howe's injured, uh, Quayne was out. Got his 15, 20 disposals, a uh, few marks, whatever. 75, 80. He's a nice little pick. Um, he'll turn up from time to time. So, but very underrated pick there uh, for John Noble. And that was the wrap-up there. Uh, the next game was Sydney and North Melbourne. Now, Justin McInerney. Has he been spoken about on this pod? Stana? Sorry, ask that again. I just changed to go to the stats and this uh, siren plays every time. So I didn't hear an absolute word you said, Jono. What was your question? Justin McInerney, have you ever heard of him? Uh, yes, uh, I certainly have. Um, and he, look, to be fair, he's been a bit of a fad during the off-season because he picked up that defensive status and he, his last five games he averaged 80 last season. Um, but he's taken over Dawson's wing role and I was very impressed today. Um, but there, there is a, a caution on this. He was playing North Melbourne. Playing North Melbourne, but... Also, I think he's taken the Jake Lloyd role where they're dishing it to him and he is that executioner from from the defence. Like, oh, what... actually, no, no. So McInerney was definitely wing. So oh, what actually happened I don't think with, so. Oh, what I... happened with Lloyd's role is you've got Blakey, Lloyd and... Uh, McInerney. No, young, young fella 
uh, isn't that shocking? Can't think of his name. Uh, Campbell. All oh, yeah. sharing the all sharing the distribution and the chip and marks and the running off. So Lloyd was still being a pig, but the problem is he's got two or three others being a pig around him. Mm. And that's why I think people are going to be drafting Lloyd as their D1s this year. Mm. But that value, I don't think, is going to be there at all. Where you'd expect, what, Lloyd 100-plus, but I think 90 at best this year. And I think McInerney's going to come up there with him and they're going to be pretty even across the board. Like, yeah. You, like, I'll put it this way. It's going to be Bailey Dale and Caleb Daniel. They're both going to score about the same, average the same for the yeah. year. And, yeah, McInerney, he looked brilliant. Like, they were just looking for him in that first half just to yeah. just get it going forward. And 30 disposals uh, turned up in Supercoach. Almost got there in AFL Fantasy. Currently sitting on the um, waiver wire in our home league, so there might be a, a cheeky waiver going Ooh. forward later on tonight. Yeah. Dare say so. Uh, we did speak about Blakely, Blakey, sorry. Um, yeah, he looked really good, just the lizard just running on the wing. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because he's so tall, it's, he's a hard matchup yeah. on the wing there, so he's going to get some contested marks, um, going to get some free kicks for maybe chopping the arm, so... He's going to get some bonus points there, I think, going forward. Again, someone who's probably not going to be drafted. Um, yep. Heaney was the big one. Played a lot of forward time. Now, the thing is, there was no Franklin, no Papley, no Laddams. Yeah. Um, again, a one to watch. Signed the 50-year deal, whatever he just signed during the week. On the hashtag, more mid-time promise. But we'll see what happens there. But I think he'll get his, his role. Uh, going forward, JPK, forever and a day, being that inside man, he's got a new role. Playing off the half-back, playing a bit of a wing role now. But you call it a lockdown role? Like, he's so good at stopping players. Like, his defensive mm. work is unbelievable. So he's not going to be a tagger, but his job would be to stop one of those players um, in the forward line there, I think. But I still think... When the whips are cracking, he'll get his time in the mid, and he'll be fine for a 90-95 going forward. Uh, Callum Mills. This is a guy who had no preseason. Only yep. played the uh, 41% time on ground today mm-hmm. for 86 AFL fantasy points. Just amazing. <laughs> that is just amazing. Absolutely ridiculous. And just walked to the bench and said, oh, I've done enough now. Yep. You guys go. Yep, exactly right. <laughs> um on to North Melbourne. Now, I think there was a question in the uh, from the listeners about Tristan Zeri. Uh, yeah. Yes, Steve has done the victory lap. He did draft him. He is going to get the Is ball. it real? It's real. He played majority of time with the ruck. Goldie spent a lot of time forward. A lot of time forward. Uh, so whether it changes to... I think Zeri probably had a... I'll be conservative, 65-35 split. Maybe but will more. this happen round one when there's premiership points on offer? That's the thing. I don't know if they're just giving Zeri uh, Cherry uh, um, a bit of a run, but you've also got Coleman Jones coming back from injury, who is key forward, bit of a ruckman. They've got Comden and Edwards. I think I think it is real. I think it is real. So hmm. as okay. a bit of a, as a bench player, it's fine. F F five F six. Whatever. Yeah. 
I wish they were playing early games so you could put him on your bench, see what happens. If he tons up, you just like it's Christmas. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Taron Thomas, I was very worried early. He was playing pure forward basically, but then just moved straight into midfield, and he was fine. Uh, but Jaden Stevenson is the uh, the main one. He yeah, is a worry. Yeah, played deep forward a lot. Got a little bit of time on ball, but I, with the likes of what they've got there in that midfield now, I I find it hard to see him getting that time, mm. and being that scorer, we think he will be. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but that's that's pretty much that was the main thing. Simkin, there's a, lot, a bit of talk of Simkin on the um, telecast that you know he didn't do much, but pff, his first game he was just blowing the cobwebs out. Yep. He'll yep. be fine. He'll be fine. There, there, there are some people trying to play for a position in the team, and then there's others that are just going through the motions to mm-hmm. to, to make sure that they're um, cherry ripe for round one. Correct. And that was the same like with Greenwood. He was spending time deep forward, like playing out of the goal square. And um, but no, nah, Greenwood will be fine. He second half he moved inside mid. He was fine. Um, Luke McDonald. It's going to be interesting, actually, with uh, Aaron Hall coming back. Because mm. McDonald was taking some of the kick-ins with Zeeble. Um, had a pretty good role, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when Hall does come back, to be honest. And my, my interesting one was Thomas spent so much time up forward, but had so little time on ground. What was? Do we know what his time on ground? Yeah, 85 minutes. It was absolutely pouring down rain, so whether they're just like, eh, it's wet, we don't want to expend too much energy, mm. who knows. Yeah. But yeah, it was teaming down and it was very scrappy as well. Um, Bailey Scott, who's not the biggest man, but plays, you know, that sort of running type roles, he had 116 minutes on the ground and Taran Thomas only had 85 Again, like they could just be getting minutes into guys that they, the probables versus possibles. Who knows? Yeah. It's a, it's a who knows. But yeah, there's optimism there. individual. Yep, there's optimism yeah. there for North Melbourne. Like there'll be some gems there, I think, coming forward. LDU was fantastic. Probably sitting on a waiver wire. Yeah. Uh, why don't you talk us through the last game, which is Fremantle and West Coast? Yeah, so we are recording this Sunday afternoon, so it's only three-quarter time or just about three-quarter time now. So these are just the observations from the first half. Uh, West Coast are going to give up a lot of points to defenders, uh, (laughs) which I think I talked about before. Um, Now, right now we're talking that uh, this is before three-quarter time and you've got uh, Ryan on 71, you've got Chapman on 68, um, you've got quite a few others that are doing well. Even uh, Wilson looks like he's going to um, crack uh, the 80 mark today. So uh, that's how much they're giving away. But we understand how much depleted, especially their forward line is. Um, so just uh, um, be smart with your stream. So we, we're unsure, really, Collingwood. I uh, don't know if you could have a look at that data, whether they gave away points to defenders, Jono. But we certainly know, we certainly know that Adelaide uh, are doing so, 
and Fremantle uh, are doing so as well. So just be mindful of that when you stream on a weekly basis. Hopefully get a nice extra little win there. Um, Tim Kelly is clearly West Coast number one scoring midfielder this year. He's just so far ahead. And if you remember, we've talked about this with the, the track of gaff scoring. The better West Coast are as a as a team, the better Andrew Gaff scores. It's the type of role he plays. He's reliant uh, on good performances by the rest of the team because he runs so hard to get on the outside. Um, so no surprise, you might see a little bit of drop in Gaff scoring this year. Um, someone on the way up is Sarong. Now, I can tell you now from... Just the early views, he's not doing the tackling he would normally do in season, and Hewitt was a little bit the same playing for for Carlton, so expect that physical pressure to increase. Um, But it's worthy that his ADP is is dropping, and this is despite him only playing West Coast Eagles twice. But he is looking fantastic and finding space really well too for the plus sixes, and he'll get some more of that inside stuff happening as the season proper coming. Uh, one thing I did see in the first half, but it doesn't look like it's continued for the third quarter, um, is Nelson uh, has actually moved to a wing role. So that happened for the first half. And he scored about 40 points in the first half playing in a wing. Now, Nelson's normally a closed-down defender, but it's one of the areas on the ground where they haven't struggled with injury. So they've got the majority of the crew there. They've got uh, Barras. They've got McGovern, um, they've got Rotham, they've got Witherden, they've got Hearn, they've got Foley down there as well. Um, and Sam Petrescu Seaton is playing um, this round as well. So they've got a fair bit. So it gave an opportunity for one of those defenders to move up to the wing. Uh, interesting, they named Luke Foley uh, for that position. Um but for the first half, Nelson played that and actually looked quite good. If you're sp- scoring 40 points uh, in a half, that's a, a damn good role. And last but not least, um, and probably no surprise with this man, but let's see if he's named in the round one team. Um, but Will Brody is killing it. Uh, 99 um, in the first practice game. It's not even three-quarter time, and he's in the 80s already. Uh, this man is absolutely magnificent for fantasy. Um, whether he can keep the coaches happy to stay in the best 22, that is the question. So if he's sitting on your waiver wire, he's probably worth a pick up and take that pump whether he's in the team. And I will add one more thing. At the moment, they've got three Ruckman Fremantle, um, which includes Rory Lobb, who's gone off the ground injured, actually had a clash with him and Darcy uh, in a marking contest. But you've got Darcy, who's had 67 minutes for a score of 29. Meek, who's been on there 80 minutes for a score of 25. And Rob uh, went off the ground at the 44-minute mark with 18. So um, Ruck, not a good scoring and I think we found this um, pretty clearly uh, last year when Sean Darcy plays the really good ruckman, in other words, the ones that can control the, the ruck like Nick Natanui, he actually struggles to score. 
Um, but I will say Nick Matt hasn't got a massive score himself, so just a tough day for Ruckman by the look of it. Or they're just not trying, so. Yeah, that could be it. But could just be going, it. going back to your early bit there about um, GWS defenders against Collingwood, uh, Whitfield had the 86 AFL Fantasy, 96 Supercoach, Perryman 71-70, uh, Sam Taylor 64-60, and Lucky Ash 50 and 45. Well, there you go. Collingwood have changed people. Don't rely on that. Uh, we should have a look at the data of uh, Hawthorne the week before as well to see what those defender scores. So we might uh, chase that up for you. But it looks like Collingwood have uh, become a little bit more miserly in their forward line, putting pressure on opposition's defence. Um, but certainly Adelaide and West Coast seem to be giving up a fair bit of points, which, to be fair, also might be a little bit of the game style of um, Fremantle and Port chipping around and, and keeping possession as well. Yeah, it could also be the same with um, North Melbourne as well. Just it was a greasy game, turnovers, whatever. So just get a bit more data on that. Yep. Uh, moving on to the questions now. Uh, Daniel Bird asked, this West Coast Fremantle game is garbage. So my question, <laughs> what is the worst game you've endured watching for fantasy? Oh, oh. any any of those uh, ones during the practice game thing where they're just doing the, the one camera shot from uh, three kilometres away. <laughs> Anything that has Carlton and North Melbourne when they're putrid. Yeah. That, that is painful to watch. Yeah. Uh, Breno asks, when can we expect the um, cherry victory lap from Steve? And Steve's already replied, it's already happened in the group chat. <laughs> uh, Ninja Spoon asks, any forwards with defender mid-rolls? The depth looks like a kiddie pool. Now- yeah, well, interesting kiddie. Uh, well, Good use of uh, language in Ninja Spoon. Um, any forwards with defender mid-rolls? Wow. Now, it's not a defender mid-roll, but it's a defender role who is a forward, and that's Tim O'Brien from the Dogs. They got him in to play yeah. the interceptor defender role. Now, Shaki was playing that on the weekend because um, O'Brien's probably going to miss the first couple of weeks. But before he got injured, he was the main man playing as that intercept defender. And Josh Shackey, well, it looked like he was going back to the to the Magoos, to be honest. Mm. Oh, and and battle we talked about battle as well. So and McInerney, uh, no, he's a defender playing defender. He's a mid. defender, yeah. yeah. Uh, but off the top of my head, that's probably the um, oh Daniel Rioli. He's a forward playing defender role. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and looks good. And looks um, very good. And uh, Ralph Smith. So another yes. one from Richmond. Yeah. I'm not sure. I know Baker just defender only. So, yeah. Uh, Carla asks, could Tom Phillips actually be okay this year after last year's disappointment? Actually kept him and don't want to get my hopes up too soon. Thanks. Oh, and if you have time, thoughts on Tim O'Brien. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all about Tim O'Brien. I've got him as an F5 this year. I'm pretty happy. Um, Tom Phillips. Uh, I'm, I'm still cagey on Hawthorne. I don't know if they're going to have the possession game that gets him a fantasy score, to be honest. He he, the, uh, he passed the eye test. 
So remember last year, just looked for some reason looked lethargic. It was like um, it was like uh, that he was recovering from illness. Mm. So there was something he was struggling with because um, he just couldn't make space. But he had intensity. Looked like he had a much better haircut. Not that that changes He's got the flowing the mullet jobs. This year. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So. I, I don't know if he can be okay because as a midfield only, um, he's he's going to be in that sort of eighty range. So it is mm. it's an M seven or a bench option. He could be handy coverage if COVID runs wild through the Yeah, camp. very true. That's probably all I see him as his bench cover. Yeah. Um that's it. Uh, we got Big Cox. Is Fisher a trick again yep. this year? Certainly is. Uh, Luke Foley and Nick Blakey. Tell us what you think about these two diamonds in the rough, the deep rough. Um, I like Luke Foley for super coach, not so much AFL fantasy. Um, and Blakey, we spoke about earlier, which we we like. Yeah, absolutely, and scored very well um, in two games so far. So look, looks impressive. I think his his weakness. He showed he had um, some scoring chops before, but his weakness was his tank seems to be resolved. Yeah. Uh, Frio Crude asked, "Does Titch having a groin issue needing management relegate him to the bottom of the top tier mids?" Biggest surprise. Oh, sorry. Bigger surprise in home league drafts. So, no, Titch, I think it'll be fine. Unless it's not bloody grumbly groin OP Elliot Yo that we saw. Uh, He'll be fine. You're on mute, Stato. I'll go with the next question. Uh, Frogger asks, belief in McGovern Jr. in his new role, George Hewitt to stay in the midfield mix all year. Jeez, um, there's quite a few here. Crisp overtakes Jake Lloyd. Chances Weller actually retains the lucrative role. My God, this is a bloody essay, Frogger. Come on, man. Uh, the Kosius, Bose, etc., all with good Rolls at the time at times only to lose them in reshuffles, Crips resurrected or fools gold. Uh, so we'll start with McGovern Jr. What are your thoughts on that stato? Uh, it seems we've lost stato, so I'll just continue on with the questions here. Uh, it's uh, McGovern. It seems alright whether he maintains his. Uh, injuries, who knows who the hell knows, so we'll just leave that there, uh, if he stays fit he should be fine, Hewitt uh, Stato said he'll be fine I do believe Jack Crisp will overtake Jake Lloyd going forward, uh, I think there's too many mouths to feed there uh, in that Sydney defence 
Um, yeah, I can't see why not Weller loses that role unless Bose does come back. Uh, the Cocious uh, playing forward is, is no good at all. And Paddy Cripps looks very good as well. Um, Jared Pollock, Frogger asks again, Jared Pollock, can he be, can likely be had for half a mile's packet of twisties in most drafts? Surely he has a bit of potential to outperform his draft potential, uh, his draft position. How do you see him? Uh, I see him as fool's gold and I don't want anything to do with that. So yeah, you got players coming back, Hall and the likes coming back, so I wouldn't touch that. Uh, Joel Gucci, hi all, I'm back again with more, well, uh, propaganda. G'day, mate, how you going? Yes, I can. Uh, the next question is from Pack and Send, and they ask, what order would you take uh, in a single season and a new keeper, Hayden Young, Lockie Ash, and Justin McInerney? Hayden Young, Lockie, Lockie Ash... Ash. Justin McInerney. Well, go Hayden Young one, and the reason is he'll keep... Is in a keeper or redraft? Oh, I was thinking keeper, sorry. Um, He's yeah, got a, in he, a keep... he, asked, he asked both. He asked both. Oh, right, so. right. Um, so in a keeper, I'll go Young first because he's the only one guaranteed to keep his defender status. Um, from what we've seen so far... Uh, I would suggest that McAdoody won in a one season, um, Ash two and Young three. Yep, agreed. Uh, Jed Watmore Tanner asks, any significant re-ranks coming out this weekend? Uh, probably not this weekend, since we've had uh, home drafts, floods, lots of travel uh, in, across the states, so... We might do one last one before the season starts, but we'll see how every how busy everyone is at the moment. Like, yeah, wait to see all on. the yeah, wait to see all the injury news. So maybe next weekend. Yeah. Uh, Timothy J, does Tim English finally break out and go ninety five plus more soul rock time promised? Oh, I actually thought he broke out a couple of years ago in Supercoach when he went hundred plus, but um, yeah. AFL Fantasy, he's, he's, he'll be great this year, same with Supercoach. Yep. Simon Evans, who do you think had the best game to make them the biggest trap? And who do you think had the biggest stinker but will still be a primo? Uh, a bit of Inception type stuff. Mm. So who's who's the biggest tease that you thought? Uh, oh, they've got the role that Fisher. Gonna... Fisher. And who had a stinker but will still be a primo. Oh, Sean Darcy. Most of the primo. Yeah, Jack Steele. Again, Jack Steele just blown out the cobwebs, just there for a kick, yep. basically. Uh, John T. Mitchell asks, who is someone you think may be on the free agent wire that we miss with our drafts who impressed you this weekend? Uh, number one for me would be Justin McInerney. I know he's still on the waiver wire in our home league, and I'd be looking to grab him any opportunity I can right now. Yep, that's a good call. And maybe Josh Battle. Yep. Uh, Xavier Kramer, Ollie Wines as a top eight mid. 
Well, yeah. you have a theory about that, Stato, with the Brownlow curse? Yeah, no, there's no doubts that, um, well, you win a Brownlow because you have a bad year, so you can't mm. expect. And I, I think we're really bad at this in the fantasy world. We're very recency biased, so we we actually start planning who our top eight are. And uh, last year's premiers always seem to be sitting on top. How can you beat them? How good were they? But it's recency bias because <laughs> they won the grand final. It's true. It, it always happens. But the same happens with fantasy scoring. So everyone says Stills number one because he was the highest scorer in fantasy. But as we know, things change year in, year out. Now, that was Ollie Wine's best year by a long way. So I think you just drag it down. Five points is a realistic um, option for what he could do. He could come out and be better, but I'm assuming he has a five to six point drop on him. So he'll probably be just out of the the top eight. It's interesting with wines. Like I'm very cold on him this year. I even wrote the kit that he'd be in M3, M4, because you look at the history of his scoring, he's never gone anywhere near what he did in 2021. Um, okay, I know he's gotten fitter, uh, more inside, right? Rocky, people have moved on, whatever, but I still have my doubts on it. Yeah. Whether he can, okay, maintain, maybe, but definitely a massive regression for me. But that's just me. And I'm glad I missed Wines because I didn't want any part of it this year. Hmm. Uh, and second last question Jake Lloyd from JG92. Jake Lloyd, not looking crash hot. Can we trust him? Oh, look, I I think, yeah, I think he can, but I just don't think he's going to be the 114 guy or the the 105 guy. I think it's more an average in the 90s because there's, and and this needs to happen for the the club to continue to get better too, um, is they Mm. need to spread the load. And it looks like that's what they were doing. Yep, no, totally agree. And Dave asked, thoughts on Max Holmes? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he looks impressive. It's only second year, so don't expect miracles, but he's got forward status, so that helps. And Geelong need to develop youth. I think we've been saying that for five years, but they do need to develop youth. Um, But he looks good. Um, But a second-year player with the type of roles that he's going to have. He'll be a little bit up and down with his scoring, but love him in keepers. Yep. I I agree on that sentiment right there. Uh, All right. I think that's going to wrap it up for the show this week. Look, if you haven't had your drafts uh, this week, you are doing exceptionally well because I think a majority of people had them this weekend on four games of football so well done to those who did it but good luck to all those going into their drafts next weekend um we hope you smash it post your teams to us let us know how you've gone and uh, we'll give a bit of a critique or whatnot but we'd love to see them post and don't forget there. the Check draft the kit too dot the draft doctors I'm getting there yeah and don't forget the draft kit and the draft kit Draft kit, uh, draftdoctors.com.au. Um, it's a handy, handy tool going to any sort of draft. It's got keeper stuff, super coach, AFL fantasy. Um, it's a brilliant tool for any draft going forward. Um, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.